0: Hello and welcome to the Xenothesis Podcast. In this episode, episode 70, we're covering chapters 13 and 14 from part 3 Imago of book 3 Imago of the Xenogenesis Trilogy by Octavia E. Butler. I am joined, as always, by uh, my co-host.
1: Michael Glinkham. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Hi, Richard. Um, Hello, everyone. After a bit of a break, Christmas and New Year break. Yes,
0: uh, Christmas, New Year and a COVID break.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, our boy Richard here caught COVID, so we had a bit of a delay obviously. How are you feeling now Richard?
0: Uh, much better now yeah, but uh, that's a, so, some, some minor delays resulted but, but otherwise you know. all back to normal <laughs>
1: good, good, no, that's, that's fine you know, that's the usual mm. things happen but I'm Indeed. sure, uh, you know by now, I don't imagine if, if there are people following the book or read the book they're probably like, yeah, you, you guys are literally on the last four chapters come on finish it off and we're like
0: don't mm. no, no we're gonna drag it out yeah we're gonna drag it out we don't want to
1: finish it's such a good trilogy we don't want to finish
0: <laughs> yeah that is uh we are up on uh, up right at the end now it's the these two chapters two more and then uh, uh we're done yeah
1: yeah my goodness mm. three books what two years of a journey wow
0: um yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's been uh well, yeah, it's, it's probably it's a bit more than two years now, I think, because we're, we're at 70 episodes and releasing them once every... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a uh, pretty long time. I know, <laughs> right? But mm.
1: still, still have things to talk about, still have things to do. Uh, Absolutely. So let's get to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, do you want to get into your predictions for Chapter 13?
1: Sure. Um. So I thought, hmm, we're on the last four chapters. What else do we have left? You know... We have them in the. We have our team in the human village, waiting for the Onkali. So, question was a brief piece before the final conflict. I.e., you know, some humans unhappy with the Onkali, the presence of the construct Onkali, and then something bad will happen, or is it more of a time, uh, you know, for the Onkali to arrive and then something. Building up from that, you know, like that, you know, maybe the constructs on Kali are fine, but when the actual on Kali arrived, you know, people go, "What the hell?" and you know, all mm. hell goes loose, type of situation.
0: Okay, so which, which side of that did you kind of fall down on?
1: I, considering the fact that you know, Jodas and um, Aeor could had the ability to you know just basically shed sherm- pheromones and, um make everybody love them pretty much or at least accept them and not and be uh, Mm. be placated i thought probably nothing's going to happen to them as such but when the actual Mm. uncali would arrive it was uh, honestly a mixed bag Uh, i wasn't sure Mm -hmm. honestly i wasn't certain about about this
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well interesting little tidbit about chapter 13 is that it's the the shortest chapter in this book, and the third shortest in the overall series, uh, it's only two hundred and seventy-four words. Oh,
1: really? Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, we're gonna breeze through it to, through it today. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, let's let's get, let's get to it, and then uh, because mm-hmm. it, it yeah. is getting interesting. To because uh, I completely forgot about the whole onkali construct Ulo issue. <laughs> so. <laughs> Let's get to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, in chapter 13, the team has decided, you know, was not really decided, was made to stay in the village. Otherwise, will they be shot? So, but it all started, you know, pretty, you know, well for them because they started healing the gods. From all the you know the the growths on them and any other issues related to their genetic defects, and then after mm-hmm. the guards, uh, the young people started coming because they you know wanted to look normal, beautiful, etc., and uh, to be left without any all the tumors, sensory losses, limbs, paralysis, etc. Uh, then the children were brought to be healed, and then you know, and Jesus went out and around her old friends and told them off enough until they actually all agreed to be he- to be helped healed. Uh, you know, as usual, you know, why why would you have to suffer if you have there's an option for you not to suffer type of situation, which makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Um, we get a bit of uh, about Santos that he was healed as well. His nose was straightened up after you know how many times he had got broken for. Uh, um, Speaking too much, and then as Jodas promised, he made him to start growing so Mm. he didn't have any dwarfism issues anymore. Although, that being said, there was no fixing Mm. of his tendency to run his mouth too much. So, (laughs) even Jodas was like, You know, I've straightened up his nose, I wonder how long it'll maintain, he will maintain it being straight.
0: Ah yeah uh, so he yeah, he may have uh, restored his health but he hasn't um uh,
1: <laughs> called his uh, enthusiasm <laughs> yeah. to uh speaking out too much
0: yeah restored the uh the psychological uh, in- injuries done i suppose <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> now although it sounds like um at, at least now that he's he's uh, uh taller he's not um people are less willing to punch him in the face I suppose. yeah <laughs>
1: I guess maybe (laughs) Um, him being a bit, you know, people having less uh, excuses to bully him, he has less excuses to, you know, to run his mouth. So I guess it's a win-win situation in this situation, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, hopefully he'll um, uh, be victimized less and um, warm up a little as a result.
1: But then again, it's, it's hard to change, you know, an old dog, so... All ducks' uh, behavior, so...
0: No, although I imagine his uh, social environment will be changing, so he may no longer find himself surrounded by uh, people with a more kind of um, prejudiced, at- prejudiced attitude towards mm. him um, mm. in, in his uh, context with yeah. a more uh, elenchanted society.
1: Yeah. But yeah, so basically, sort of, the chapter ends with um sort of the conclusion when after the first elder came that was uh, that elder was missing a leg and felt constant pain I guess a phantom pain uh or something mm-hmm. related to the basically loss of the uh, of the limb um after Ayr treated them and regre their leg basically everyone else who was hesitant came to be healed even the most stubborn elders forgot how much they hated don Kali and the people seemed to love the constructs and Pretty much that's where the chapter ends, you know. Very short, very sweet, very, you know, slow yeah, build-up to everyone being healed. Kind of,
0: uh, yeah, uh, it's a pretty high-level kind of summary of the situation. And it seems like now the humans have their, their sort of independence on Mars. and uh, The Oakali are kind of, you know, bringing in their their medical abilities, their ability to heal stuff. Uh, there's sort of a you know, an improving of relations, even if it's still somewhat kind of... Uh, Skewed in the the power dynamic towards the the Oankale, it feels a bit um, it feels a bit as almost sort of a at a high level. And there is some commentary on colonialism we've seen on this book before. It feels oh, yeah. a bit like it's sort of mirroring the end of the like the colonial era and a, a transition to sort of more amicable uh, diplomatic relationships between the uh, um mm. the the formerly colonized human nation and the um, Oankali, but with, you know, a definite, definite continued elements kind of of, of uh, the equivalent of a, a neo colonial relationship <laughs> where the, yeah, it's no longer sort of actively hostile per se, but, um, uh, yeah, new and interesting ways in which the, uh, the humans are, uh, I mean, still subject to the Oankali's influence.
1: I mean, to be fair though, I, I feel like, uh, octavia it's probably you know it's there's nothing um uh new that i'm going to say but it feels like that a lot of this is a lot of you know reference to the native american situation in 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 north america right so it's like oh yeah you know colonials arrived uh they take over your land uh and then they're like, one of them is like, oh, actually, you know, we'll give a, have a choice. You know, you can go to this reservation, uh, uh, you know, areas or in this case, Mars to mm. to be yourself. But, you know, what Earth is out of your hands anymore, like type of situation or right? like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the um, I think you could, you could relate it. Similarly, as well to I don't know, the the British in India or, or Africa or various other European powers in Africa, but the, the the sort of Mars colony does definitely feel like it echoes the like the reservation concept more, um, yeah, more specifically in the North American context. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, but
1: you know, it's, it's in it's a way of tackling real life situations without actually talking about real life situations. Uh,
0: no, and. Uh, adding some interesting color to them because the the dynamics are uh still somewhat different right the, yeah
1: absolutely yeah
0: I mean, there's, there's definitely parallels with stuff like you know the the medical technology right you know mm. the the colonial powers kind of introduced like you know modern medical concepts and sanitation and yeah. um vaccines and antibiotics you know which actually affected medicine treatments for malaria and all that kind of stuff which was you know of value, but at the same time they also have, like, completely you know, erased cultures and oh absolutely. a bunch of people. So it's, it's this whole, like, yeah, okay you know there were some upsides but like a lot of downsides
1: (laughs) yeah and then you have this you know like individuals who are like actually genuinely interested in the cultures of the natives and then like they're trying to sort of preserve them in a way that you know like memories in the same way that Onkali are doing it like oh they're very interested in culture and you know this is what's very valuable to us blah 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 Mm -hmm. and yet the whole situation is like you know basically complete destruction of the you know but then again, hmm. in a way, it's yeah. Also- we, we haven't
0: really got quite the same. Um, I mean, I suppose a little bit with a king, you get one of those uh, almost. Um, I don't know, like a, uh, a Dances as wolves or a last samurai kind of a narrative where mm. they they go um, and like um, you know come Live to appreciate in, the yeah. the culture that their uh, that their culture is erasing, but um, and then you know resist it so I suppose that you get you do get a little bit of that narrative with Akeem, right i think there's a bit of a parallel there um but we don't have it's not quite as um uh as blatant as as those uh, those two examples I mentioned
1: yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah you're absolutely right you're absolutely right um but yeah i i you know it's this book has many good books like has many levels of mm-hmm issues that are being addressed in a way that you know there's nothing new is there because uh, like we've said that we said this before there's a lot of you know situations that octavia butler wanted to present and it's it's uh, it's obvious you know it's pretty obvious and some things are less obvious some things are more but still
0: Mm -hmm. yeah there's quite a lot of um Quite a little subtlety to to what uh, Octavia is doing examining this stuff. I think, for, for example, one one of the things that uh, I find kind of interesting about the the Oankali is, um, I think they, they also kind of a lot of people who who read these books find a slightly more sort of sympathetic view with the Oankali on many points that they agree with their like non hierarchical structure or they kind of take that at face value. Um, and I think that um, I, I, that misses a little bit of, of, of commentary on the Oankali society themselves. Because I think the Orankali are less perfect than mm-hmm. they sometimes see themselves as. Um, and they, you know, they they say that they're non-hierarchical, but I, there still seems to me to be an, a power imbalance between the the Uloi and many of the other members of the Ankhali society. And the Uloi are not very aware. Of this, right? There, you notice this in a lot of their interactions with people, and and they we've talked a lot about you know the uloys problems with with consent, and they don't seem to be aware of the degree to which they kind of influence the mental processes of other people that they're interacting with, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I think there's a sort of there's a certain hypocrisy in the Oankali society there, right? They they think of themselves as being. Better than the humans, and of having being sort of more enlightened and having you know figured that out and not being at all hierarchical. But I think there's an act that when you give it a closer level of examination, I think there still exists in their society some of these hierarchical structures, and they're kind of um, a bit oblivious to some of their own problems. Oh, yeah, which very much mirrors the colonial powers in in Mm. the real world, right? You know, they come in with this kind of arrogant, we know better attitude. Um, but are uh, sometimes oblivious to some of their own internal hypocrisy. exactly so I think there may, there may well be some um, some commentary there on on the Orangali, <laughs> uh, that, that not everyone uh, necessarily picks up on
1: yeah no you're absolutely right and um actually recently I was um thinking about like you know it'd be great series I mean like to be uh, um, to be digital in a way of like you know having a TV series out of you know you um, Genesis and remember we had the, we mentioned this few times that there was supposed to be a series may being made uh, on the first book but like
0: I mean yeah those things you know, they get into like early stage of, de- is of development and then maybe they never go anywhere and who knows but yeah because I, mean, I checked the news
1: and it's like the last news is from 2020 so uh, nothing has been heard since then so.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, the, the, I don't want to jump ahead a little. Uh, right now, we can come back to it at the end of the yeah. episode. But there was recently an adaptation of Kindred, one of Octavia's other books, on, okay. on Hulu. Um, I was going to have a, a brief chat about that at the end. Um, sure.
1: Let's do, let's but, get well. Yeah. Then let's get to chapter fourteen yeah. prediction, and we can come back to it. Sure. So. So. The chapter thirteen was obviously a really nice stor- short story about how the evil devils uh, were suddenly, you know, amazing and loved by everyone. Mm-hmm. And you know, if the Onkali, you know, uh, started their approach with the constructs idea and instead of like uh, full-on assimilate or perish attitude, maybe it'd be better for their you know relations, you know, type of situation. Be honest, for fun. But we've discussed this a lot uh, before. Mm-hmm. So I thought that next chapters are going to be basically about the Onkali, come, the village. And I'll be honest here, I completely forgot about the whole idea that the, the whole book was about construct Oloy should not be taking place yet. But the, here mm-hmm. we are. I completely forgot about this. You know, it's it's been like you know, you see Jodas and it's like, oh, they're all fine and everything. There's some issues they're having, but like, you know, that you know, it just slipped my mind. I thought it would be more of like Oh, you know, family coming over, you know, type of situation, and blah blah blah. And, but yeah, is and so I focused on that more instead of yeah, the yeah. issues that the actual you know construct Uloi shouldn't be here yet.
0: Yeah, we do get that as a bit of um a setup potentially for kind of the the you know the final couple of chapters of of that still being a uh, an issue, right? We're re- we're reminded here that mm. uh, the construct Uloi are. Uh, uh you know not not yet you know subject to the approval of the uh consensus. consensus yeah
1: yeah okay well then let's start the uh, chapter 14 um mm-hmm. so the first shuttles arrived without gassing anyone um furthermore there was no panic between the humans seems always that there plus. was See, again
0: the, the always a plus when you you know you're not gassing anyone exactly
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> You know, it seemed that there was enough trust uh, for them and for the construct team to go and welcome Don Kali. So, you know, it was like, okay, there are good guys, sort of. So, um, seven families arrived, including Jodas and Ayers, uh family. They picked them up on the way mm-hmm. from Tkattak. Um, the first person Jodas spotted was Tino, and uh, to Oloy's own surprise, he wanted to hug him, you know, a very human-like behavior. Like uh, mm. Jodas then hugged Nikanj, but the old Oloy only tolerated it. it, didn't actively accept it, but, you know, it used it as an opportunity to approach Jodas if everything is okay.
0: Yeah, it's a, an interesting little difference there, because right? they, they are very, the Carly are very um, touchy-feely for the most part, right? They like getting in contact with one another, but the, sort but of, the not, hug concept yeah. is a bit... A bit different. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. They have a, I don't know, they, they make contact through their sensory tentacles, but they yeah. don't like hug per se. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but after checking that everything is okay with Jodas, Nikanj went on to check on air. Uh, the old Lloyd then said that if they introduced them to, you know, you know uh, if they introduced them to their uh, mates, they might forgive them. To which Stanley Lilith intercepted and said they actually might not. But, you know, ev- everyone seemed to be happy to see their kids. Hmm. Um, Ayr explained that they couldn't leave. Uh, otherwise, they would be shot dead. But they knew that eventually Onkai would come. And, uh, yeah, as I said, by not leaving Ayr meant that they would be basically shot on sight.
0: Yeah, they would. They, they, I suppose, they kind of decided not to to leave the village. So as I mean, they, they could probably have gotten away with leaving at this point, right? Because, yeah,
1: this probably but, be fine. But still, it was just probably yeah, better for yeah, everyone to so are dead. Uh,
0: they uh, decided not to leave so that they could, uh, you know, smooth things over enough that when the rest arrived, there wouldn't be any shooting or yep. gassing. I suppose exactly. is the uh, uh, yeah
1: yeah. So yeah. I just asked Francisco if it really would happen, i.e. shooting, but of course not. Jodas captured me long before it captured most of my people. Uh, Jodas clarified that no one captured anyone. They still want to go to Mars colony. But to everyone's surprise, Francisco said that he did, but maybe not anymore. And here's a short sentence from the book. He looked at me, then did something very uncally. He turned away, turned and walked away. He walked quickly, would have gone back to the steep road up to the village if Agnes has not spoken. I just asked if he has a mate, and he, he did, but an old woman who used to be fertile, but maybe she wants to have more children. Francisco tried to run away, but Judas could tell from his body language that it's not exactly what he wants. Um, and here's a paragraph from the book. I went after Francisco, caught him, took him by the arms. My uncle mother says that there are people here now who, want, who might... Mate with you. He stood still for a moment, then abruptly tried to wrench free. I held him because his body language told me that he wanted to be held more than he wanted to be let go. He was afraid and confused and ashamed and powerfully drawn to the idea of potential oncall mates. Francisco wanted Jodas. Basically, you know, Jodas explained that hmm. maybe Ines could have his children with an Oloy as well, as and Francisco loved that she was after him for a long time and wanted to do so.
0: So uh, it- Inez, to clarify, is um, uh, Francisco's mate.
1: Yes, yes, yes that that, that.
0: F- Formerly the uh, yeah, yeah. For- formerly a, a fertile human who, yes. um, uh, I, I assume, something happened to her original partner, and now she's with Francisco, who's yeah. not fertile. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, it's then when Francisco realized what Jodas and Inez did. He didn't even mind construct children. That's when, what? That's when he left, saying, "God damn you." Right, so this is where the point where, like, oh, actually, and I realized that what, um, uh, you know, Sant, uh, Santin was talking about, that like at this point, you don't really have much choice in you because of the pheromones have put enough effect on you that you're like basically mind, what's the word? Uh,
0: Controlled, whammy, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you
1: know, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, brainwashed that's what i was looking for Sorry. brainwashed
0: yeah, yeah i mean it's a it's it has an interesting one right because it, it's it, it's difficult a bit i think to to quite get into um into francisco's head on this point and and i think i mean part of it might also just be that so like i had to note about it the, the existence of the mars colony just like the the fact that there are now human lineages that will continue independently of uh, the Alancali somewhere might be enough for some of the resistors, right? Mm. It's like that the, the was you know their the reason for for persisting, the reason for having this colony, the reason for all of their their suffering, um, and and you know trying to to sort of keep a pure human line alive, even with all of the the compromises they made on that. Uh, it's uh that that goal has now been met by someone else like the the mars colony exists um mm. and so there's a sense in which they can now there's there's a burden lifted from from them right they, they no longer have to to suffer for that cause um and can accept some of the compromise that makes them feel more comfortable yeah in uh in, in more sort of physical and immediate terms uh, than the um, like more abstract and philosophical ones that they were previously concerned about, and yeah, that's probably definitely helped along by the the pheromones <laughs> and that influence, uh, of the sort of uh, the, the seductive appeal of the uh, the Uloi. But um, yeah, uh, uh, it, it, you know, that's the kind of a, a straw that broke the camel's back. Although yeah. it is kind of interesting that they, um the degree to which they they trust the Onakali about the existence of this Mars colony. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 um, I suppose there are a few who are who are going to the Mars colony possibly um, still. So, and uh, uh, there, there's some who are still uh, wanting that verification. But for uh, Francisco, at least, it seems as though uh, their word is uh, is sufficient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. But, yeah, it's, I mean, I still, like, think that the colony, like, the the Mars colony now
0: Mm.
1: is, uh, obviously, it was advertised, I guess, one way or another, like, oh, if you want, there's humans, just humans, you know, you can come to Mars, right? But I feel like the Onkali would probably also filter who gets to hear about it or who who gets to go, considering Mm. the fact that, like, depending on, like, how aggressive those people were before... Type of situation you know what i mean
0: um i don't know yeah it's hard i, I mean it seems as though the Oankali's is sort of i yeah it's, it's i i i don't know because their ethics is, is a bit hard to read sometimes because they, they they do often seem as though they at least want to like try and respect people's choices but they they don't seem very good at discerning what those are, at least for humans, sometimes. It's this whole like dichotomy of uh, like what people physically want versus what they like psychologically want and this yes. kind of lack of like perfect alignment of those things in the humans, whereas the R have that more in alignment. So they, mm. you know, read people's like physiological signals and then just go with that, even if it's in tension with what they say or think that they want. so it's a i think that that leads to this sort of source of misunderstanding that's kind of Mm. why they just like assimilated everyone to begin with rather than giving them the the choice so maybe now they're a bit more aware of that Mm. then they will like respect the conscious choices of people a little bit more um and and let them go to to mars irrespective yeah it's it's uh, hard to say so i I suspect it'll probably be a mixed bag on that point Uh, yeah yeah
1: yeah but yeah I guess continuing on uh, on this uh, it's that's when Lilith joins uh wanting to touch Jodas and check on him on it in their conversation she said that Jodas has a rare gift of having people love him even more than the pheromones can put, you know produce the f- similar effect right it, it that there's something in him what I'm trying to say it. is that sorry it always yeah. forget it's <laughs> been a while i mean it's been a while i think before yeah. the re- before christmas i was much better remembering it
0: yeah we, we occasionally get called out on it uh, yeah. on mis- um, misgendering the uloy we we, we uh, um try and do better on that but it's it, yeah it's sometimes <laughs> tricky to remember uh so
1: it. even though the much strong you know it ha- it has some effect that people do are more attracted to even without the effect of pheromones. That's what she was uh, basically saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then she also came to introduce his grandparents, Nikanjo's parents. Mm -hmm. Everyone get ready for the last (laughs) time. Kaguya is back.
0: But he's Uh, not being an asshole. That's the biggest surprise. It it, it doesn't seem to be, uh, uh, you know... Being a pain in the ass or, or, or being unpleasant <laughs> to anyone—it's uh, yeah, it's being. Quite wow! Nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, of course, our boy Ch'taya, who we haven't heard mm-hmm. of you know after uh, from after first book, who looked yeah, yeah. you know nearly human with the strange position of the sensory tentacles where the eyes, ears, and nose were.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, our first uh, uh, physical uh, encounter with a, with an Oankali.
1: Exactly. Uh, there's also Tadine, You know, Kaguya's huge female mate a uh, huge uh, female mate mm-hmm. who's also chatting with Francisco. So you know it's the you know, the old old gang is back together, which is nice. I mean except for Kaguya, he's still an ass. Even though in here he didn't say anything, he's still an ass. We don't like him.
0: Yeah, it's a, it didn't get much of an opportunity to be an ass. <laughs> it just didn't it didn't get many lines. Yeah, so. exactly. So. Good,
1: good. <laughs> Happy with that, you know, direction. But the chapter um, ends basically with Lilith calling Jodas to go and get examined by other Oloy who came. Uh, there was already three of them investigating Aar, and the other two were just ma- waiting to meet. Uh, waiting f- to meet Jodas,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's where the chapter yeah. ends.
0: Yeah, and uh, Lilith's little chat with. Um, uh, um, with Aor and um, and Jodas w- was interesting. Uh, Jodas in particular, the um and uh, Lilith seems to think that uh, yeah, it, it is. It, it's not just the pheromones that uh, it is. In, in fact, that uh, it has some um, some personality traits and uh, some aspects of it that, that make people like it, irrespective of the um the mind-wummy stuff. But then again, that might be uh, you know, a mother talking. So yeah,
1: but also <laughs> I think it's because it can morph itself. To look exactly like hmm. what you basically know preferences are, you know, if you, yeah, whether you like men or women, you know, big boobs, small boobs, whatever, you, it can be anything you want. Uh, that's a big yeah. Plus. There may
0: also be some commentary on the superficiality oh, yeah. <laughs> of, of human preference there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, we we did see, yeah, we, we we did see it kind of. uh Fitting in to people's um, uh, imagined preferences, didn't we? Yeah, what's the point?
1: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like even recently, you know, um, for example, uh, there was a study done saying that you know, uh, attractive uh, uh, girls in universities their grades dropped because of the meetings and all the interaction was made, moved to Zoom right? Or online, basically any online uh, you know, meetings and that's be- during, during university. Really? <laughs> and yeah, and basically there's an actual drop <laughs> in their grades because obviously attractive, attractiveness affects how we perceive certain uh, people. Yep. So it's crazy. It's like, yeah, there's an actual statistical evidence that attractiveness does actually gives you a slight benefit on, you know,
0: yeah, I mean, we, we've we seen that in so many things with just, like, uh, politicians. Oh, right? yeah. And, and things like um, height, or other, like, these, like, weird superficial characters. But, yeah, <laughs> that's awful. I know, right? <laughs> it's it's absolutely uh...
1: mind-boggling that the fact that, you know, like, oh, yeah, now it's, you know, a complete, like, reverse. Now it's, like, it's incredible. But then again, this is good evidence of, like, things like if there's going to be interviews, blinded interviews with no names or whatever just someone's um uh what's the word the you know achievements and you know uh mm-hmm. yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know knowledge and you know certificates etc etc yeah
0: the old um, orchestra selection approach exactly right? you, you play you play your instrument behind the screen and nobody gets to see you exactly You're just uh, judged on the sound of your music <laughs> exactly
1: so y- all your qualifications you know what should be matter and actually it did help there was a study done and basically a lot of people who would usually be you know that have lower chance of being hired like for example people of uh um, of color um mm. people who you know s- certain minorities suddenly you know it leveled out right mm.
0: yeah and it's things like um just names as well like right? There was, I remember an old mm. study about name names with uh, like ethnic associations. If you like removed all the names from resumes, then it leveled out um, those yeah uh, prejudices. As yes, well. exactly.
1: yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> nice, basically. No, it's it's it does show that you know a construct alloy that can literally morph itself to whatever you want within a day or so. I mean, you know.
0: Mm. Yep, yep. There's a. Uh, a, a statistical edge in there right i mean a, <laughs> the, these things are usually not um you know determinative and they're often like m- you know modest effect sizes uh, so you know it's like it's not everyone but it has an effect yeah <laughs> when you study it at population scales it does uh, have an effect. so yeah yeah
1: no. <laughs> so yeah mm. chapter 15 prediction right so here mm-hmm. i situation I completely forgot the wh- the whole purpose of this book that I completely forgot mm. about it it was like <laughs> oh there shouldn't be a construct Uloy, and there they are because I was so immersed mm. about the story and everything the characters that I call here <laughs> I call about the underlying story
0: yeah, the, the big picture kind of like uh, disappears into the background for a little bit, doesn't it? That's yeah, a, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You focus more on like the all the, the the troubles they're facing and the issues, and it just completely slipped my mind. So here yeah, we have
0: down in the drama.
1: Yeah, like here we have investigation of the construct alloys. So it's time for the final showdown on how will the two construct alloy live, whether they will live or they'll be taken to the ship or etc. etc. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. At this point, I think, if they... Obviously, they will see that... Um, uh, my prediction is that it's all going to be good, right? They're not going to be taken to the ship yet. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, obviously, they will see that, you know, Jodas was fine, sort of. But then air was really, like, affected by having no mates. And then maybe there might be something that's the mix between human and uh, Onkali, plus the Onkali Uloi that it really affects that the speed of their metamorphosis that it's not like in the traditional onkali on, Cal, uh, on where it's not like first metamorphosis mm-hmm. and then oh, if you meet your mates then maybe you'll go through the second metamorphosis now it's like first metamorphosis then second metamorphosis already almost starts and then you literally have to immediately start looking for mates because you will it it could you know it'll be tr- it could be a trouble
0: mm-hmm so you think that um sort of uh updating the consensus on some of the um challenges that the uh these new construct Uloi have faced might uh, influence what their their thinking is I'm on, pretty sure I mean like them.
1: it's it makes sense because you know when you think about it akim was the first male construct right and you know
0: yeah they, they were pretty antsy about that too
1: yeah and you know and now we have you know construct males and females like you know uh and nikanji's being a boy on Mars, you know, helping humans, right, type of situation. Uh, mm. And then Nikanj does it again. <laughs> uh, construct Uloys. And they're like, oh, okay. And then it seems to be fine, except for there's probably a bit of humanity in it that basically affects the its developments, probably a bit faster than what normal Onkali would be ready. I guess it probably will settle down after several generations of the... Um, constructs as it you know as it in the story we know that after some time it just settles down and we know there are certain characteristics that will take place mm-hmm. but same here you know first might be like oh this is a bit of a shock but then again it's not that bad so
0: mm-hmm. okay yeah it'll be interesting to see how that uh how that unfolds
1: i know i know and being this being said we are next episode is going to be the last two chapters uh mm mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll probably do uh, you know as usual the whole summary of the chat, the whole section, and the book, and then we'll go through
0: all three yeah, books. We'll do a little bit of a retrospective over the over the series. Um, so I imagine the next episode will probably be a bit of a long one. Uh, the last two chapters are relatively short; they're um, one thousand words and. Um, five hundred words ish, mm-hmm. uh, respectively. Um, so uh, we can we can get we can cover those, and then we can do our uh, uh, look back over this section and and, and over the, the the series as a whole.
1: Yep. Yeah. So we'll do that. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's quite well. We'll get to it, but sad and exciting as well to finish off this journey.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a. Uh, uh, bit of a milestone we've been doing this for quite a while <laughs>
1: oh yeah 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 <laughs> a lot of things uh, yeah. happen we
0: we uh, we, 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 uh, we do have plans to to continue the podcast we're going to be covering some some other things we'll uh, we'll let you know what those are yes um, uh, as we uh, as we get to them yes but uh yeah we're not we're not going anywhere
1: <laughs> we have, to have some interesting stuff we have a lot of uh there are some interesting books and some interesting trilogies and some interesting short. Uh, books that we want to cover and sort of swap the rules around you know this time I will you know probably next time maybe I will uh, will, uh, get Richard to suffer not being able to read more than one or two (laughs) chapters
0: yep yep i'll uh, i'll have to uh, develop some discipline around not reading everything immediately
1: <laughs> i he, he's the worst just by the way like he just reads books on mass so, or actually listens to them so i'm like oh have you seen everything? Yeah, yeah i've listened to it oh do you know this series yeah, yeah i've read that it's like god damn you <laughs> uh, at this point i yeah. believe he's doing it on purpose so that I'm always in this, you know, purgatory of like Maybe only be do. able to read the book by chapter by chapter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I think that we, we found enough stuff that, uh, that uh, we can probably successfully flip the script on me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, he, but uh, being,
1: actually yeah let's go back to because we you mentioned that uh octavia butler yeah. is uh, one of the other books a,
0: before we close out um this episode yeah as I I, I I i have you read kindred no i haven't i haven't no okay yeah so uh I don't, potentially a little bit of spoilery discussion for 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 kindred if uh, if you haven't read it or um Uh, I suppose also potentially a little bit of spoilery discussion for the differences between the series and the book so if, if you're interested in going into either blind then maybe stop the episode here uh, I'll give you a couple seconds to do that. You fumble for your phone in your pocket so you can hit pause before I get into the- <laughs> 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 But Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, so there, there was a, there's an adaptation of Kindred, um, which is uh, one of Octavia's, um, I think probably one of the better known works. Um, it's a standalone novel, um, and it covers uh, an, a, a, a woman and her husband from, from the 70s uh, and she's black, he's white, and they get pulled back to the the antebellum South. Um, and there's this kind of uh, uh, um, like conflict of the, this time travel thing. As she's she's being pulled back in time for this particular reason, which is basically to ensure that her ancestor survives. And and her ancestor is uh, like the the son of this uh, slaveholder on on a, on a plantation. And there's this whole sort of complicated relationship of how she ends up like. Uh, trying to help this guy survive and get out of various scrapes whilst also having this fairly you know conflicted relationship with the fact that he's a, a slaveholder and so on there's a lot of interesting dynamics in it but I don't I didn't want to comment on on kindred as a whole that's a whole its own thing just a brief like summary of of that. Uh, but there's been a recent adaptation of the book uh, on, on Hulu. Um, the showrunner is a, a, a chap called uh, Brandon Jacob Jenkins. Uh, had not heard of him before, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, overall, the TV shows are, I think, pretty good. Um, but I'm not crazy about a couple of the adaptation choices that they made. Um, f- uh, like, firstly, they, they didn't it, like they didn't resolve the narrative of the book inside the arc of the first series, right? Uh, or first season and they could have done it. it's a relatively short book but um and they have no guarantee as of yet of like a second season to oh, pick it up no. so they can't they've kind of they've like left it on a on a bit of a cliffhanger oh, i think no. they, they're clearly hope they're clearly hoping to get a second season out of it but I'm like you could have done a nice clean miniseries properly resolved it and not had any risk of just leaving everyone on a cliffhanger yes um so I, I, I can understand wanting to get a second series out of it, but at the same time, I'm like, mm, I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a couple of other points, like they the the, the time setting is, is now basically, or about 20, 2016 or something. It's not um, it, it's not in the seventies, right? And they're going back to the to the south. So there's a quite a lot of like technical, di- sort of technological differences and so on, right? The the difference between just like uh, you know dress, and yeah, 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 like you know smartphones and stuff from like the 70s and now is like a bigger gap. From like yeah. the seventies and yeah. the, the, the the eighteen, um, uh, what would be? I forget exactly the year range, but yeah, it, it's still in the eighteen hundreds, right? So the it's um, uh, I don't know. There's a bit less plausibility on some of the points of like how how like readily they could get away with being like not suspected of odd stuff in in that context, yeah, but yeah. also just the, the that's a relatively minor nitpick and i can kind of see why that would make sense as an adaptation toys to make it more relevant to a current audience but the thing that particularly i found a a bit of a weird one was they changed the nature of the relationship between dana and kevin who are the kind of main characters right Right. in 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 the book they're a married couple who've been married for quite a while Mm -hmm. and then they're subjected to this like you know very bizarre Thing where Dana's, like, vanishing into the past and, and so on. Um, in the, the television adaptation, they've, like, just met, right? It, they're, like, a, a very new relationship. Right. Um, and it, it makes a lot less, like, sense the way that uh, Kevin reacts to this whole situation as a husband versus a, like, I just met this woman. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit strange, yeah. But... Yeah, yeah. And the the other part of it is just the the they could have I, I feel like they could have used the relationship being more established as a a a a, a, a way of um, telling the narrative more faithfully to the original because I think in in this adaptation Kevin ends up being a bit more featured right than um than he is in the books because in the book Dana is kind of. You have a relatively close first-person perspective yeah. on Dana, right? It's Hard to do that in a television adaptation, so it means that Kevin gets a bit more, bit more screen time. But it, there's, a, there's a degree to which Kevin is kind of background as a character. There's a lot of stuff that happens to him, like totally off-screen, that, that Dana doesn't have any direct experience of. That mm. you get a bit more direct experience of. Right. But if if they were if they were a married couple, you could have you could lean more on dialogue sequences between like kevin telling dana stuff that had happened to him and catching her up on it and and the the um like the nature of their conversations could tell that narrative i think a little better mm-hmm. um, if they hadn't an established like trusting intimate relationship with yeah stuff yeah yeah and, and and you wouldn't have to uh, lean so much on like visually showing some of the stuff that happens to Kevin because that ends up taking some of the emphasis of him off Dana if you Yeah, ask me. but yeah there's there's uh that's that's uh. It, it's it's not bad right it's an okay adaptation it's just could be better i mean well, it's, it's an okay tv show it's not a, what i would regard as a great adaptation yeah. of the source material if and, you see what I mean, right and also right?
1: you say that like oh they made it more modern to the to sort of modern the audience can relate more but at the same time hmm. like look at Stranger Things like they said it specifically hmm. in the 1980s and yeah. Yeah, yeah. people are like loving it it's just I don't think it's hmm. more of a, you know related to, to relate something but like hmm. I don't know I just if you do an adaptation stick to the material original material stop Fucking around, to be honest, it annoys me that how much recently they've been doing a lot of adaptations and then messing around. So there,
0: there are there are good adaptation choices and there are bad adaptation yeah. choices, right? There, there, there's a lot of stuff where it makes sense. You have to change it. Yeah. You have to do a, a, a medium shift in order to, uh, know, in to order to make, make best make sense use of, of the, yeah. the the new medium to explore the same themes. Yeah. But if you if you when you do the adaptation, if you uh, I know. If you don't always if you, if, you, if you don't like capture the the themes and some of the detail work that that is has gone on in the source material yeah. then it, it it feels like a less good adaptation you know it's especially in, in Octavia's writing is is so it's, it's so detail oriented yeah right it, it it has great themes and background and great character work and you know, all all of the other stuff good stuff but it, it there's a lot of just like oh, this was really well thought through as a like this makes sort of you know like mechanical sense yeah and and it it's one of the things that i find quite appealing about it and it's um it's often important to the larger thematic stuff as well right Mm. in order for it to to make proper sense yeah like the whole stack being consistent as it were is actually quite a quite a valuable component of, of the way that her writing works, if you ask me, anyway. Um, so the if you try and just go for the themes and, and you drop some of the detail work, then you lose some of the um, some of the essence of the way that she writes. Yeah, yeah. If you ask me, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's it would it, w- it will be interesting to see how successfully other adaptations of her her work. Um, Go, uh, because it's it's nice to see it getting an adaptation oh, yeah. and getting broader exposure. Um, but yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm not mad about this one. It's it's not it's not bad, but it's not uh, it's not spectacular. Yeah,
1: I mean, this is the problem yeah. that a lot of adaptations these days. just sort of I don't know. I think the screenwriters want to do something uh, unique. Yeah, like they want to put their own influence on things. But mm-hmm. it feels to me sometimes they're just, I don't know, lazy or um, they think like, oh, let's use an existing IP and then change it because we want to. And then the completely disregarding original IP. And it's just like either I do mean, an adaptation do you... or or do a completely original work that you can be proud of. Stop messing around. Yeah.
0: Just I wouldn't necessarily say it's like laziness per se, but there's an element of sometimes designed by committee and there's also sometimes an element of like one person driving a project hasn't necessarily really always deeply understood the source yeah. material and, and some of the underlying motivations behind it. I mean, if it was like,
1: misunderstanding yeah. or not fully understanding, I can forgive that. But if it's complete disregard of the, you know, certain aspects of the core material, then it's just you know, that's just arrogance. Uh, yeah, sometimes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> It depends. Yeah. But I mean, the, um, <coughs> the Witcher. I, always, I go to the the I, I, I don't I can't really comment on the Witcher as as an adaptation because I'm not as familiar with the source material. But the Expanse, I always thought was a really good example mm-hmm. of a well adapted work. Even though it made quite a lot of changes from the source material, mm-hmm. it still captured a lot of the underlying themes. And you know, even it's doing stuff like amalgamating characters. It it made really interesting new yeah. characters, and and it all you know made sense inside the the rules of the universe. And a lot of it was because you know, like uh, uh, Ty Frank, one of the the two people that writes under the pen name of S.A. Corey, was you know involved as an EP on the project extensively, yeah. and you know they they you know, they had the guys who were writing the source material involved in the adaptation and so on. So it like it 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 made sense that it, it was done well
1: i understand when you're like when you have concepts like for example and sort of because of the media right it's as mm-hmm. you said it's hard Certain to cert- you have to translate it and in the and it's easier sometimes to amalgamate certain concepts together because on the screen it makes more sense in, whereas in the book it's easier to describe it sep- it's Absolutely. separate yeah so yeah.
0: there's some stuff that's just difficult to tell visually because you know like you can't do the close first yeah. person on people in people's heads oh yeah as i mean that would like basically be like um
1: <laughs> what was the movie with the rock uh dwayne johnson um based on the game what was it oh uh jumanji not jumanji no no, no i'm talking about an old one old one uh it was basically doom he's been in a lot of movies man i think it was <laughs> doom know. I think okay. they they uh, they uh put it on TV. It was a movie. It's really awful. But at the end, basically, they put the first person perspective as if he was playing. You know, like in the game, it's a first person perspective. So they uh, put it in the okay. way like a literal first person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the first, yeah. So yeah. It, and it's horrendous. Like it's really funny because it sort of represents hmm. the game because how the game looked like. But yeah. you know, in the TV, it makes no sense if if you know if if you try to do the same thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, for the case of, like, the, the Expanse, I think one of the reasons it worked so well was because it had already undergone, like, various media medium transitions, yeah. right? Because it, it, it started as, like, a world-building exercise for, like, a, a video game, and then it became, like, a tabletop game where they got some of the characters, mm-hmm. and then they wrote the novels, and then it became a book, right? So it had all of those transitions. So, so it's the, easier the for, authors. Yeah weren't like super invested in a particular medium representation of it so they 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 were like able to be well involved in the process of adapting it to a new medium Mm -hmm. so i mean i suppose that has a that has a fairly unique property of of of, of, uh, being able to do that well because of the the sort of creative continuity and and the fact that it was uh Someone who are or people who are able to work well across different media, Yeah. <laughs> which isn't always the case, right? Sometimes it goes terribly well when an author tries to get involved in the, yeah. uh, the TV production of a thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I suppose I can uh, I can be more forgiving for a project that has uh, uh, less good resources um, to, to work I with. I guess uh, so.
1: I guess so. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I guess that's mm-hmm. it for today. Mm-hmm. Do you think, Richard? Or is there anything else? Do you wanna...
0: Oh yeah, yeah, but that's uh, that's really all I had to say uh, about the the kindred adaptation.
1: <laughs> it's it's maybe I'll have a go at it, have a watch, and maybe see um, I maybe read the book at some point. Although there's so many things I have to read and prepare, so
0: yeah, it would be interesting to see how you uh, how you felt about it if you did it the other way around, like, like watch if you it and the show first but and then read the book. I
1: will be honest with you. There was a series. i re- I watched the movies first based on the series. And then I read the books. I don't. I, I'm sorry. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. But I remember basically there is a series I read, watched first. It was a you know, uh, there was based on the books. And I really enjoyed mm-hmm. the movies. And then when I read the books, I was like, oh wow, there's so much more in the books. And it's it felt much better, right? It's more details. Mm-hmm. And I loved the movies and I loved the books because it didn't. Ha- I didn't have that. That you no. Know, oh, there was this character also, and then this character also, and then there was this plot and everything, right? Mm-hmm. I often fe- feel like it's probably better way to, to do it this way because it's like when you watch something and then you read, you're like, oh, this is amazing because there's this character and it's like, oh, there's more into this and then you, you learn more about the world that you're already yeah. invested in. And so
0: it, it feels like an improvement on the world exactly. rather than like a downgrade. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So, so, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see if you have a more a more positive attitude to the adaptation than I do, just based on what you're doing.
1: <laughs> potentially, potentially. But I generally, I, I'm trying to think what that series was. And obviously, it wasn't Lord of the Rings. Uh, um, it wasn't Harry Potter, because Harry Potter, I read, almost, you know, it took a while. Um, I'm to, uh, I generally I cannot mean, think of, like, it was a fantasy series, I know, but not fantasy. Aragon. Aragon was a fucking disaster.
0: Uh, that was a terrible movie
1: <laughs> god that was so awful um
0: uh, they never made the sequels that's how bad it was yeah i know right
1: it is just a complete disaster of what they've done to it um
0: other things that have had fantasy adaptations i mean like hunger games was popular <laughs>
1: uh but hunger games i mm, it, i, I came out afterwards like i read the books either. before because of my mother yeah. <laughs> oh, <okay>. um <laughs> I can't think of it if I can remember I'll, I'll pop it in the references but I generally cannot think of all my about what series was uh, I just remember the feeling oh, well. I just remember the feeling
0: <laughs> yeah that's it's fine for this context yeah <laughs> right well I think that uh, yeah that wraps us up
1: yeah I think that's it no thank you very much everyone for listening we're Xenothesis you can find all the places we are upload our podcast on Xenothesis.com I was Michael Klinker,
0: and I was Rich Jackson goodbye Bye.